I think Sarkeesian is the best coach that you that Texas has hired since Mac Brown. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Welcome to another episode of Fire the Cannon. We are proud partners of the 1012 Podcast Network. I am Rocky. I'm Hannah. And I'm Megan. And this is Fire the Cannon. And today, y'all, we have incredible guests. We are so lucky to have landed these two guys you know him as the infamous Twitter statistics duo. We are battling it out for the Red River today. We have got our boy, Kyle Umlang, and our dude, Blinken Riley. That's right. We are bringing that Texas OU rivalry onto the podcast. This is a special Texas OU edition. So get ready to mix it up. Get ready for a little bit of sassiness. Get ready for that shootout, y'all. This is Fire the Cannon. All right. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. We'll let you guys take a minute to introduce yourselves. We know everybody knows you guys are infamous on Twitter, <laughs> right? For your blasting people with the real facts. But we'll let you, of course, Texas Longhorn, Kyle Lomling, you get to go first. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's been somehow... When was the last time I was on? Like over a year ago? A year, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. were one of the OGs on the podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, y'all y'all uh, gotten bigger since then. Yeah, Everyone knows me on Twitter. Uh, I am the reigning champion of Texas, uh, that poll that uh, Tattoo Baker made. Yeah, I did we'll win it. I, he sent me a shirt and everything, so it's legit. It's in the record <laughs> book. Come follow me on Twitter if you don't. I love it. I love it. All right, and Blinken, my man, we've got you on. We didn't think we didn't know if we could really in, but but you're here. Hey, and I'm I, here. I appreciate you standing up. I appreciate you standing up in all of this burn orange, man. Tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got started, and just what the heck you're doing here. I'm here. A few years ago, I started a Twitter account, and I can't believe what it's turned into. Um, I get to do stuff like this. I get to do podcasts. I get to do radio. I get to do all kinds of stuff. Meet all kinds of people, and it's just it's a blast. I love it. That's pretty cool, my man. So go ahead and shout out what's what, for all the Texas fans that might not know. We are a little Texas heavy on our listeners. So for all the Texas fans that might not know, what is your Twitter handle? So my Twitter handle is Blinken Riley, a dumb pun on adding a B to Lincoln Riley's name after Bud, Barry and Bob. I thought Blinken is, you know, next in line. So um, that is me. And I am the inventor of several things. Actually, technically, I am the inventor of Texas's favorite day, Aggie Fact Thursday. That's amazing. He is right. He is true. He he invented like he invented electricity, and I invented like the iPhone. So, but I could not have done it without his electricity. So, thank oh, you, Blinken, for that. I actually remember that day like specifically. So it was Rude Dog, right? that just kept chirping back and he's, you know, such an idiot. And finally Blinken goes, okay, you know what? Today is the inaugural Aggie fact Thursday. And then just went ape shit on him. And it was a beautiful thing. And Kyle, you jumped in and joined and um, yeah, it's been huge ever since. 
It's but I remember it. Right? So I, I feel kind of special that I actually recall that. Thing. Well, that just means you're old on Twitter. That's all, Hannah. That's it. <laughs> I'm okay with that, I guess. Yeah. I'm hoping right, like in OG. 10 years, someone like writes a song, but you know, like, where were you when the world stopped? Turn- and it, 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 but it's all about Aggie Fact uh, <laughs> Thursday. Well, that's definitely one of the things we're going to talk about today is how Texas and OU have come together to rag the Aggies to death. They kind of ask for it, and we'll get we'll get to that. I know people want to talk about that, but first we'll let you go first, uh, Blinken. Tell us how did you get into the whole stat game? I mean, you drop really good facts. You got you and Kyle go back at it, and it's so fun to watch. How did you get into like the stat game? And how did you become an OU fan? So I have an engineering math background. Um, and my actual day job is deals with statistics and metrics and measures and, and all that. So uh, it was kind of a natural thing. I've always been a sports fan. I love uh, my first sports love was baseball. And everybody knows baseball's... Uh, you know, baseball loves their statistics. Uh, and you know, that's where I got into it. There's a, there's an old Twitter account, ACE of MLB stats. Uh, there's, um, you know, the ESPN stats and info guys, like all that stuff is really cool to me. And so I just, I thought, you know what, this, this is, there's nobody doing this kind of thing in college football space, at least not in Norman. And so, you know, a few years ago, I, I just, tried my hand at it. I'm, you know, I knew where to find some of the stats and some of the data. And so I just gave her, gave her hell. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been a whole lot of fun. And, you know, I, I went to OU actually, I'm, I'm actually from Oklahoma. Um, I'm from a tiny town in Oklahoma. Um, and you get it a shout out or are we just not talking about it? Well, have you ever heard of mounds, Oklahoma? I mean, in the no, don't, no, don't no, lie. I'm just messing with don't you. Don't lie. You never, you never they heard invented of a candy bar. If Listen, I'm, if I'm correct, right? The the most I do in Oklahoma is drive through it. So, you know, so, I stop in Stillwater here and I there. I fly but... over it occasionally. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put it this way. When I moved to Norman to move into the dorms, the dorm tower had more people living in it than my hometown did. Amazing. So, uh, so yeah. And, you know, I became an OU fan because that's where I went to school. And you know, me being me, uh, you know, it was February, my senior year. And somebody was like, Hey, where'd you apply to go to school? And I was like, apply to go to college. I got months till that stuff. Like I got to worry about that. Right. Uh, somebody's like, no, most of the due dates are today. So I had to fax my application. I faxed my application to Oklahoma the day it was due. And that's how I ended up in Norman. So I love it. And the rest is history, right? The rest is history. So, so doing OU any favors about how tough it is to get in. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. I have to say my head stellar ACT scores, straight A student. My parents are teachers. So if I wasn't a straight A, I, you know, I wouldn't have made it out of high school to begin with. So, so, so where would you have ended up say if they're like, sorry, dude, facts didn't come through. You got to go to Oklahoma state. Like, what would you do? Where would you go? Probably the Walmart in Spalpa, uh, <laughs> up, up the street. <laughs> it was oh, you were bust, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was oh, you were bust. I like it. I like it. Well, man, you have definitely amassed quite the following. You've got almost 33,000 followers. You're definitely spitting the facts left and right. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I, I was first introduced to you. It was during Texas OU weekend, you know, hate week. 
And I saw your stats and I was just like, man, I want to be mad. I really want to be mad, but I can't. Like, I can't. You just, you bring the facts, you bring the heat and you do it every time. And man, I love it. It's, it's uh, painful at times. I'll, I'll be the first to say that, but really appreciate how you bring that truth telling and, you know, you just throw them with the, the left and right jab all the time. It's great, man. I appreciate that. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So I have a question for both of you guys real quick. Um, so Kyle, for a while, you were known as the Texas version of Blinken Riley. Um, who else do you guys know of that maybe represent a specific school that are in the stat game like you guys, if any? Uh, uh, Parker uh, for TCU, Stats of War. He's like one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Make sure you go follow him. He actually posted this cool uh, graphic comparing all the different like offensive and defensive stats for Texas and OU going into the game and like the uh, predictability of how much they would score and win percentage and all that stuff. It was really cool. Uh, he does that stuff all the time. He's got a cool website that he's like developed and made, and we're going to have him on the, our show in a couple weeks, I think. Um, and that show is statistically speaking. All right. I love uh, it. And how can people it, find it, you if they want to bring uh, all those numbers in, where do they find you? Well, the link to the podcast page is on in my bio. Uh, I know it's on uh, Spotify. Where else is it blinking? Uh, Twitter, we are on Twitter at Statistics Pod. Um, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple, it's on Google Podcasts. Um, just search for Statistics and we'll be right there. Love it, love it. And now on your podcast, you aren't just dropping facts, right? You're not just reading these facts off. You're integrating them in and talking about reviews and you know going over games. And, and tell us a little bit about that. What's, what's your favorite well, part yeah. of hosting so- that podcast? So like on Twitter, like we, like we like to drop a bunch of stats and stuff, uh, but the, po- the podcast is more like laid back. Uh, we try to incorporate kind of the whole like college football uh, space. So like we, you know, ESPN's college pick'em game, they release 10, 10 matchups every week. And we use those because it's a very, it's uh, it, it spans across different uh, conferences. It's not like focused heavily on one. So it, I think that would, that helps like bring in more, uh, just diversity to it because you know no one I mean I guess Texas and OU people would want to listen to us go about go on about Texas and OU stuff the entire time but uh, we, we basically just talk about college football in general good games coming up and then we try and get our guests that are kind of in the the stats uh, realm and do something kind of similar to us on Twitter so that we can help connect more uh, analytics people on Twitter uh, because there are some people doing some great amazing things that that go beyond just spitting stats and and burning people. So we like to incorporate those guys on our show too, to just make stats more available for everyone. Yeah. I will say there's a, there's kind of a, some different flavors. You know, you asked if there's any other, other people for other teams, other affiliations. Um, and to be honest, it's it, everybody's just kind of a, a, their own thing. He mentioned Parker. Um, he, he does a lot of stuff uh, kind of more in the like true analytics field, um, and you know, I do, you know, mostly just tech stats, mostly stuff you'd hear during a game and think, whoa, you know, what was that? You know, Kyle kind of specializes in visuals, uh, and you know, there's a lot of us out there, but there's, they kind of, there, everybody has their kind of specialty, um, if that makes sense. And, and yeah, our guests, we've, we've had everybody from, uh, Rob Bowen, uh, who does the beta rank, he's the econometrician he has his own model uh we have we had greg harvey on he's he's 
got a bunch of these really cool like animated graphics and and, and charts and you know we, we try to kind of have somebody from the statistics world kind of come in and, and really kind of deep dive you know have like a deep dive into some of those concepts we're supposed to be massive heated rivals how did you two team up to be this partnership now even though we're supposed to hate each other to the death okay so I got on in the beginning of 2019, mostly for like Tableau stuff. I, I got into college football stuff in like March. I started like meeting people. I was like, oh, th these people are cool to text people. I'll follow them. And then I guess during the off season sometime, I was introduced through someone uh, to Blinken's page. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's just, he's off the charts. This is ridiculous. Um, he's over here working with all these, uh, all these great stats. And I'm trying to pick through like the trash trying to find something good to, to respond with and so yeah I, I just uh I really liked what he did the style he never really you know it doesn't really like really care what anyone else has to say because usually they're wrong and like a stat is a stat I mean he's I know he I knew he's looked his stuff up before he posts it and then when someone like would respond with something just ignorant and just off the off the walls uh, that, I, that never happens on Twitter, though. It never, never happens on Twitter. Yeah. It, occasionally it does. So on those occasions, I would help jump in and not really like support him, but also smack them in a, a kind of a similar way just to kind of show that uh, there's other people that do this, too. And I, I've actually gained a lot of Sooner followers. They're, they're actually not that bad people. No matter what you see on Twitter, there's some really good guys out there. Um, so, so we can say breaking news. You heard it here first on the Fire the Cannon podcast. Sooners aren't that bad of people. We appreciate well, that, Kyle. We, yeah. The cool You're ones are work here, man. The cool ones aren't. There are some some bad ones, but I would look, look, those guys. You know, I've got to agree with you though. I I've I've missed one OU game in my entire life, right? And I've I've gone to a bunch of games been around a bunch and I've had some really, really bad in-person experiences with OU fans. So we've got this heated rivalry and I will tell you that fire burned deep. And I just, I did not have a lot of nice things to say about a lot of Sooners just based on my in-person experience. But if I am being completely honest, getting more involved in Twitter and being on there more and interacting with Sooner Twitter more I got to say that that like deep seated personal hatred is kind of faded away. There's a lot of really cool sooner people out there on Twitter. And it's been, of course, the banter is always fun. And of course, every group, Texas very clearly is included in this. Everybody's got their idiots. Right. But for the most part, I have to say it's gone back for me to be more about football hatred versus like, no, I don't like you as people. Right? Twitter has helped me with that. So I don't know. Is that therapy? Should I be billing for that? I don't know. I was almost feeling what you were saying, Megan. And, you know, I despise this game and I won't go to it ever. Just when I was almost sort of maybe thinking about going to Dallas this weekend, I was in Dallas, well, Arlington last weekend at the Cowboys game. And I'm standing with my husband and sister and wearing my Texas mask. And this douchebag comes by, puts his fucking horns down in my face. And says, blah, 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 whatever stupid shit he said. And I was like, come back here, bitch. He ran. It, it, like, look, I, I said, no, come back. Come back and do it. Do it now. And he it, ran it like worse. a baby. I was ready to fight at the Cowboys. I'm not even a massive Cowboys fan. I was ready to fight at the Cowboys fan, <laughs> Cowboys game. Because <laughs> I was in person. A mask. Yeah, in person, there's definitely a different element. It gets more heated. Like, I've, I've had Sooner fans try to fight my literal, like, my sister was legitimately like six or seven at the time. And they got in her face and were talking mess. And, and look, 
horns down. We can talk about that all day long. I think for the most part, it doesn't bother Texas fans. We don't care. I always like to say, look, man, when the horns are down, that means the bull's charging. When somebody comes up, I don't care if it's horns down or a middle finger or just a hand in your face. When you're in my personal space, that's just Come into my space. That's where we're all fighting. the acting yeah. and But don't right. run. Don't come into right. my space and then run. Right. <laughs> oh, my then, God. Real quick, if, any, if anything, I feel like as far as most Texas fans go, Sooners are probably the only ones that are allowed to do it all the time. They they did invent it, even though Aggie yeah. said they did. They definitely did it. Sooners have been doing it forever. All right, Blake. So, yeah. what's your take on horns down? Wait, are you pro horns down? Do you not care? Oh, I love horns down. I, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I try to make fun of it as much as I can. You know, the whole controversy. Like the horns for peace. One of my yeah. favorites. One of my favorite screenshots. It's uh, that Sam Miller that tweet. Have, we all Sam know Sam Ellinger tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's one of my prized possessions in my album on my phone. Um, uh, I even made I even made a Twitter bot that flags everybody who uh, hashtags horns down. I don't know if you've seen that one, uh, but it throws a 15 yard flag on everybody who tweets hashtag horns down. So. <laughs> Wasn't us crying for it. Not our coaches, not our players. It's not us crying for it. It's well, not- Mac Brown did have some comments about it, but I think what gets lost in the mix generally speaking, was the disparity. It's not necessarily about horns down specifically. I think where it came up with Mac was more, it's an unsportsmanlike penalty, right? And that that doesn't mean that's not pertaining just to horns down, but if Texas is going to get flagged for celebrating, uh, you know, around the other team, why is it okay for a team to come up to our sideline and put the horns down, right? I think it was more just about and he used that as an example. And then for the love of all that is holy, the media ran with it. It turned into a Mac Brown was crying about horns down and the rest kind of became history well, at that point. It, it's but, so it's, it was such a big deal that it like carried over to Tom Herman somehow got uh, placed with this, with this whole thing, even though nothing really changed except for like someone said, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be penalizing it. So just don't do it. Yeah, it and was, inc- it, was it, it, gets, it gets brought up every summer. It and I'm does, like, oh, here we go. Does. Here we when go, the guys. news cycle runs down, it comes up again. And, and just like, you know, a Texas player got flagged for holstering the guns when we were playing Texas Tech. That was an unsportsmanlike conduct. Now, that's fine. If you're going to call that as an unsportsmanlike, then you should be calling horns down, too. I think that was the only argument that was being made. Yeah, it comes up like once a decade, like like you said, it came up with Mac Brown because he said something kind of benign, you know, about disrespect or something. And then Tom Herman kind of, you know, timidly echoed the same thing. And now, you know, but, you know, we, you know, we have to jump on that, right? Like we have to just tear it down whenever yeah. that happens. So. I feel like you're contractually obligated. As I, totally, a I totally would do it. Absolutely. I would, if I was anyone else, I would definitely, uh, take advantage of it every time because you know i do the same thing with aggies anything that goes bad anything any negative light i can shed on them i obviously do it so i i I totally agree uh, with all that but the thing we do laugh about or at least i do i i know that rocky you and i have last laughed about this hannah we have too kyle i think we've even had this conversation it brings me great joy to see two teams that are not texas and are not i mean maybe one's ou is not playing on a national stage Right. And both teams are like it happened against you know, with the OU and West Virginia game national stage. You're on national TV. The horns are going down. And like I'm laughing, man, I'm loving it because I'm telling you a vast majority of people that are watching that game. The first thing that comes to their mind 
isn't West Virginia. It's not Oklahoma. It's Texas, right? So I love it. I don't know where I was, but Longhorn Network was on, on a random like lobby TV. It was a 2004 baseball game between Baylor and like TCU. And it, it, it pans the field. And there's this old man at the top just doing horns down. I'm like, this is too, what? This is baseball and it's Baylor and it's 2004 and they're not playing us. I was so confused. Um, yeah. That said, awesome. one of my biggest pet peeves, and Megan, I know it's one of yours too. So where we sit at DKR, our season tickets, there's this guy who's a great guy and we interact with him every time we're there. But when we sing Texas fight, give him hell, give him hell. And he's, no matter what, OU sucks. And I'm like, we're not playing OU. Listen, my got drug on Twitter a couple days ago for saying that exact same thing. I am in that camp. As a Texas fan, if you're going to make fun of people putting horns down when they're not playing Texas, why the hell are you saying OU sucks when we're not playing OU? It is the same damn thing, right? Like to me, that's the exact same parallel. There's, it is not different. So this week and when we're playing OU, that is the appropriate time to throw in OU sucks. Every other time, let's go, let's go, or the gang's all here, or make them eat shit. Yeah. I don't care. Any of those are fine, but. <laughs> all right, let's keep moving on. So Kyle and Blinken, you guys are united, and Texas and the University of Oklahoma are united, right, as we move to the SEC. As much as we're going to fist fight for 60 minutes on Saturday, we are actually completely aligned in our big move to the SEC, how they kept it secret for so long, but they pulled it off. We'll start with you, Blinken. What do you envision for Texas and OU in the SEC? Like environment, travel, game success? What are you looking at? Well, I, first of all, I think it's going to be great that the SEC is actually going to get a really good historical rivalry, you know? <laughs> Sorry, you know, Alabama. Alabama. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of, you know, people talked about the, uh, you know, losing some old rivalries, but think of the old, the, the old rivalries that will be coming back. A bunch of, you know, Southwest conference rivalries like Texas, Arkansas, Texas, Texas A&M. Um, then you'll, you'll have Oklahoma and Texas playing old big 12 foes. Um, it's, I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's, people are kind of, um, kind of, they've got this doomsday rhetoric about, you know, the, oh, this is the end of college football and all this stuff. It's not, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And everybody's going to enjoy watching the games and you're going to get a bunch of more matchups and a bunch of old rivalries. And I think it's going to be great for both schools and it's going to be great for college football. And Kyle, I want your input on this too. Are y'all in favor of the pod? You know, the pods where they say you've yeah. got the two division and the pods or definitely pods because I saw Blinken say something about, what what teams was it Alabama and Florida you said some weird stat like they've been in the same conference since 1933 but they've played like at Gainesville or at whatever the venue was like 10 times total or less than that it's probably like five times total <laughs> but yeah I, I'm, I'm in favor of pods the the Texas pod is going to be ridiculous it's going to be just nothing but rivalries it's going to be OU Arkansas A&M that's our pod and we'll get to play everyone in like a tenth the time play the entire conference in like four years versus like 20 years. So I'm definitely in favor of the pod, definitely in favor of the move. Yeah. Uh, me and Blinken both got that sec bump whenever the, whenever the news came rolling through somehow overnight, like all these people started following us and stuff. It was, it was awesome. And we uh, took cracks at some new, uh, new teams for once. It was, it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to interacting with all those guys. 
So was the reaction from fellow or well, soon to be SEC fellow fans, uh, was it overall more positive or negative or both or? Uh, Aggie's negative. Everyone else positive. (laughs) I would say, I would say positive, but with like a, like a air of y'all done made a mistake, like that kind of SEC arrogance, you know? Uh, oh, which is fair. silly. It is um, silly. But so, Blinken, were you getting that on the OU side too? Because I think overall, oh, yeah. Texas well, is kind of seen as the big bad villain of this move, right? Like, oh, it's Texas ruining oh, everything Texas and definitely. doing whatever they want, right? And y'all are just the innocent bystanders that that clearly had nothing to do with any of this, right? So were you getting some of that saltiness too? Uh, Texas definitely bore the brunt of the, uh, the blame from everybody and the kind of hostility. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just like, um, you were talking about horns down at a game where Texas is applying, right? It's because Texas is best as the villain. They're like, they're like, they're like Javier Bardem. (laughs) They're best when they're playing the villain. Right. And so, so um, we'll get the Oscar is what you're saying. Uh, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll get one every 50 years or so. Oh, that's fair. That's I mean, got one more we'll recently, get one recently so. than OU. <laughs> that's uh, right. um, we talked about you guys being united, right? Another thing you guys have been really united on lately is the hate for the Aggies. And we teased this a little bit earlier today, especially everyone who's on social media follows you guys blew up, you know, Kyle, which we've seen these silly ass videos of the Aggie yell leaders who wear these painted, they, everybody knows, these goofy-ass overalls. Puff overalls, right? Practicing them Friday night at midnight, complaining that other small towns don't have anything to do while they're practicing yelling again. And Kyle, you again said, why would anybody go there? It blew up. So Kyle, tell us about the Aggie hate you've gotten, not just recently, but lately, and how you guys are teaming up to just flame the Aggies. So like Blinken said, he did invent... Hashtag Aggie Fact Thursday, one hot August day uh, in 2019. And I have also like piggybacked off of that. And I, we, we, I've tried to continue it every Thursday. I don't think I've missed one yet. He joins in every now and then. And we just have a lot of fun with it. Um, just not because the engagement is good, but just nationwide. Everyone really needs to know who these guys are. They're, they're not, they're not some sec powerhouse like they pretend to be, or that they thought they were in 2012 or even last year, last year was a asterisk year for everyone. They're feeling the effects of that this year. Yeah. Just the whole world needs to know. And, and I love finding fun things about them. It's so easy to do. You can, I, I could find one right now if I wanted to over just, if you threw out a topic, I could find one in probably 15 minutes. That's pretty, pretty good. But uh, so this this midnight yell is what they call it. Every Friday before game, they or I think it's home games maybe. Um, they fill out, they fill in the student section of the stadium at midnight. They're marching. It doesn't matter if it's ten degrees outside or hundred degrees. They're marching into the stadium. They fill it up and they have these little skits. It's like it, it's it's like high school, but grown adults are doing this and. That's what they're doing on a Friday night. I was like hanging out with my friends, drinking, probably playing Wii or something. I don't know what I was doing, but I was not in, in a stadium chanting the, and, and every class is only allowed to say a certain like part of this chant. Apparently my brother went to a He tried to explain it to me. I stopped listening like two words into it. I was like, this makes no sense. They do this every, every Friday. I, I, 
and someone finally took a video of it, posted on the internet, and it's been blowing up. And every, like, I think the 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 word of it, if you could like, if there was like a big word cloud of what everyone's thoughts have been about it, I think the biggest word that would pop out is cringe, like just right in the center, big cringe. It's it, yeah, I think it, even it, our dude Robert Barron said that about it. He's like, look, it might be cringy <laughs> and it might be awkward. But at least we're unique, damn it. And look, I, I, I will come in and I will say this. I, 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 I know I'm in the minority here. I have to respect the Aggies on a certain level. you got to appreciate the dedication for their fan base. They've been terrible for a really long. And the fact that they can still show up, their alumni show up, their alumni donate, the students show up. I mean, they were lining up a day ago for Alabama tickets to watch their team get their ass just mopped, right? Like, I, I, on a certain level, like I get it. It's culty. I agree with that. I don't understand 98% of the shit they do, but on a certain level, I've got to respect that as a crazy fan myself. I respect the dedication that a large amount of their fan base puts in. It's like, if you went to like a summer camp, like your parents made you go to summer camp and like the, the opening night, you they follow you all in, you got to, you're in front of the stadium. And then all these like counselors come out and like, hi guys. And like, start putting on these little skits. And it's like, are we supposed to laugh here? Like, what do we do? Like, why am I, I this is taking forever. I want to just go back and lay down on my, on my cot. I got some gummy bears. I want to pop open. This is ridiculous. Um, that's what it reminds me of. And I know there's some, there's some AM fans that agree, but the majority, like you said, are super fans. And I don't, I don't really know how you, how does one turn an entire school into super fans like that <laughs> and you force them to listen to this shit i mean no you mentioned <laughs> summer camp they literally have like something fish else fish camp. Fish where camp, they yeah. bust these poor innocents unsuspecting incoming freshmen <laughs> to some really remote place in east texas and brainwash them okay but be careful y'all because texas does the same thing we've got camp it's- texas Okay, it, it but the results, different. the results of our fish, not men in bedazzled overalls. That is a fair point. Shouting the alphabet at us. That is not we, the we, result of our fish camp. That's fair. We don't hand out the puff paints and ask for craft time and expect you to have a full-on costume by the time you leave. That's that's yeah. a fair point. They, okay, so- wait, wait, wait. They do have one cool tradition. I will say it here because probably no Aggies are going to listen to this, so I'm, I'm fine to say it. Oh, they have, they have one pretty cool you gotta be careful we got one aggie listener mark roberts the, the ring the no, ring it is the ring dunk yes that yeah. i think that's pretty badass to put it at the bottom of a pitcher Agreed. and then chug the pitcher Agreed. to get your ring but how many aggies I, well, have probably choked on their ring <laughs> well but the ring does the ring ceremony itself is actually pretty cool and i will tell you the texas x's are starting to do something similar like now i don't think this is pretty neat when you when you get your ut ring you actually, it spends the night in the tower. And that is something that was modeled after what the Aggies do. So your ring spends the night in the tower. You go to the ceremony the next day. It's pretty neat. So I, I agree with you there, Kyle. It's pretty cool. I, I do have to ask Blinken, does OU have anything like that? Is there any like weird tradition that that has kind of developed and turned into a thing? So uh, there's not really, I don't, I don't know of a weird one. I mean, I am, I am, I cannot imagine how somebody defends some of the things that texas a&m does like okay the ring thing cool that does not make up for squeeze oh, eggs. that does not make up for the their 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 fake military who's commanding officer it's a dog y'all that does not make like as far as ou i mean we have one big one um it's if you hear boomer sooner 
you finish the chant we have in the stadium. It's actually uh, my favorite tradition is the um, boomer sooner across the stadium uh, when the other team runs out. That's one of my favorites. Um, as far as, you know, these kind of weird esoteric kind of things, I, I don't know of any um, from OU's side, especially nothing that, there's you know, no, like, starts to into the schooner ponies or anything like that. No, I mean, there's a replica of an old one in the student union. <laughs> but, did did know, uh, people just, wait, wait, people is just it a kind stuffed of pony? every once in a while. Is it like a taxidermied pony? No, it's a, it's a replica. It's a replica of, of the old schooner. Dreams not, not the horse. Well, that's less not fun. The horse. That's less how fun. did, uh, how did Lincoln react to the, to the wagon when he went up to it and saw it? Uh, his first day on campus. Oh my god, that's like my second favorite screenshot. Is the Texags Mortimer guy asking about uh, revelry? Revelry's like, uh, what's it? What's Revelry's demeanor in the presence of Jimbo Fisher? His dogs can sense good people, or something. <laughs> I will give OU props in comparison to the Aggies. You guys have real cheerleaders who really wear <laughs> appropriate beautiful cheer outfits and real dancers and really you know you don't need to be a male to represent your university at OU which I respect good job I'll go I'll go further I, I respect OU I mean yes I hate OU but like I respect OU because you actually have skins on the wall since 1939 it actually y'all <laughs> up since you didn't have to like retroactively proclaim it you know, to make yourself look, look better. So yeah, props. I love it. I love it. All right. So, so while we're talking about tradition, I want to jump back into Texas OU. So do y'all have a favorite Texas OU memory? First thing that jumps out in your mind, Blinken, go, go on, man. I want, I want to hear. First thing that jumps out uh, to me is it was early. It was early on in my, uh, my tenure there at the University of Oklahoma. And it was one of the first few games I had been to. Um, and I remember, you know, we always get to Dallas and we always say, um, you know, all right, it's Friday, we'll take it easy. And then tomorrow it's like, we let it rip, right? And it never happens. Like we always go way too hard on Friday. So it's like eight in the morning and, you know, I'm walking into the gates of the fair, like one bloodshot eye open and, you know, I get a little $7 wax cup of beer this big and it was like the best beer I've ever had. Uh, and the game, that game, I remember uh, that was the game where DeMarco Murray had this uh, like 60 yard touchdown run uh, down the down the sideline, and I remember watching from the stands, and that was just the coolest play, and floated, and yeah, loved that, <laughs> love that. That's what I think of when I think of OU Tech. I like it, I like it. All right, Kyle, how about you? What's your favorite Texas OU memory? It, it has to be that that Jordan Shipley uh, uh, return, it uh, return for touchdown. It, it really like changed the game. We, we were down by more than a score. That changed momentum. From then on, it was like lights out. Everything went our way. Just the the noise that the stadium uh, had when that happened. It was just I I I, th- I was there. I don't remember where I was sitting because I've been to I went to a couple like right all right in a row. So they all I, I my my seats changed every time, but it was just magic and awesome. And that and just any 
close game. Like the last seven have been close, but you know, it, last year sucked, but it was awesome because four overtimes is cool. Yeah. It, so. it, it was a great game for the sake of the game. I was right, roasting. Yeah. I wanted to die, but yeah, it was, it was an excellent game, a back and forth and a rivalry game. I feel like, listen, I love blowouts. I want the blowout to happen just for selfish reasons, but you got to love a tight game in a rivalry games. So right. well, I'll give it to that no, last year. No, you want a traditional blowout, not a Tom Herman special <laughs> yeah. where the team just stops playing and everyone comes Fair back point. in the end. Fair All of 2018 point. when we were up three touchdowns and here comes Kyler Murray. That was not fun. But we, we had won. Kicker, so that was okay. Kyle, I agree. My When I think of Texas OU, my favorite all-time moment, 45-35, uh, Shipley for the return. It like I agree. It, it changed the entire momentum of the game. But I have to tell you, a big moment happening right now. Go shorty, it's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday. We birthday gonna sip a like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck. It's not your birthday. You'll find me in the club. All right, Hannah. Happy birthday, Hannah. Don't we got to give this girl a big shout out. Our half row. Happy birthday. Y'all missed it. She was twerking on the today. camera. Y'all missed it. <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasts. You missed that glorious moment. But She's but, saying yeah. her birthday big... with Blink and Riley. And Kyle. I am. Hey. How about me? Happy I'm birthday. All- she wants texas to win on saturday so we'll move of course on to I do. right big game this weekend let's start with lincoln lincoln tell us what do you think are the strengths of ou this weekend we'll get right into it let's talk texas ou red river rivalry red river shootout red shootout, shootout y'all yeah let's shoot, shootout. let's shoot it out thank you let's do a shootout and instead of elmer fudd what do you call it the red river what i i call it the red river shootout all Thank right. you. So See, we knew we liked you. We yeah, knew. it was right. the Red River, Red River rivalry is right. too hard it's to a, say. It's Elmer Fudd. We were talking yeah. about that earlier. I yeah. I have to pause and Red River rivalry, yeah. or I just sound like ever Red River rivalry. That's Showdown's all I can get not every bad. time. Showdown's not bad, but I, yeah. I like shootout. Shootout. Uh, I mean, let's just, uh, let's, let's, who cares about the PC in this? Nobody's getting offended. It's a shootout. And literally last year it was a shootout because it was whoever could score last. So, well, for Great. years when you had Colt McCoy and Sam Bradford, it was a shootout. Like exactly yeah, a shootout. It's, it's a shootout. So, All right, Blinken. What are the strengths of OU? What are we looking for this weekend? So weirdly, this one of I think the strength for OU is their defense. Um, their front seven is really really strong. Um, their defensive backfield is okay at times, which makes for a pretty good defense. Uh, And so, um, which is a far cry from what we've had in past years. Um, (laughs) One can say y'all are SEC ready. Yeah, yeah, suddenly. (laughs) We, uh, the fan base is a little frustrated at the lack of offense, um, but I think it's a, a little deceptive. I think we're not as explosive as we once were. Um, but we're still scoring. I, I had mentioned earlier today. Uh, so Oklahoma has the highest percentage of offensive drives ending in scores in among all power five teams, which is crazy to me. Like I wouldn't have thought that, um, but they they have consistently scored. It, it's not always touchdowns like we're used to. Um, and it helps when Gabe Burkich is kicking 58 yard field goals or whatever uh 
but I, I think the, the main strength of uh, Oklahoma is going to be that defensive front, especially. Yeah. I mean, Kyle, and I'd like for you to speak on this. I know right now, Texas is the number six scoring offense in college football right now. And OU is not far behind Lincoln. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're at 15 for scoring offense. So you know, I, I agree. I think this defense is going to be really interesting. This offensive matchup with Bijan and Casey taking the reins with OU's defense stepping up. Kyle, how does Texas counter that? What do you see coming in as a key for Texas's success against an OU defense that's showing some strengths? So as we saw in Arkansas, when Casey has the ball, when he's in control, just it doesn't I, I, I can't explain it. The ball just moves. It just goes. People play better. Uh, there's more options open. He he can tuck in and run 10 times faster than Hudson Card could. So it's like having an extra player on the field uh, when he's in, in control. He is trying to get better at his deep ball. He hasn't thrown many. Um, I'm hoping that this game in particular, I think there will be a lot of OU defense biting on Bijan, getting the ball, maybe some play action, opening up some deep throws down the field. I really hope I see it. I don't want to see any uh, Tom Herman screen screens to the right, screens to the left, one yard gain, one yard loss, third and long every time. Um, um, so I think just having him in control of the offense already is a, a benefit for Texas. You got like with the best running back room, I think in the country right now, our first, second, third string, all beasts, even our fourth, even our fourth guy, he, he almost had a hundred yard game the other day. Uh, Pretty ridiculous. Um, I, we, have, good, we haven't had that, this many run, great running backs in years. So I'm excited for that. I think that gives us a lot of options. Um, I know OU has a good uh, rushing defense, so I, I'm excited to see how they match up with that. So I think our I think our offense will score. I think OU's offense will score, but I think their, 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 their offense will score on passing, not so much rushing. And I think we will score on, I don't know, kind of like, broken plays honestly like I, I think I think just Casey improvising I think is going to create a lot more plays than we realize um and because you know we have all these all these running backs all this like stuff we can do I, I know Sark has all sorts of weird stuff that he can improvise with rotating in and out uh running back so I'm excited to see that I'm worried about our like uh backfield you know that's always been kind of a struggle the last like four or so years but a benefit for Texas, OU hasn't I – mean, Spencer. I, I think I love Spencer Rattler. He's a great quarterback. Um, a lot of his issues, I feel like he's not he's not throwing a lot of deep balls, kind of like Casey. Uh, I think last year he was throwing roughly 20% of his passes were over 20 yards. I think this year it's like seven. And I think that's the offensive line issue. It's not his issue. So I think um, I'm excited for our defensive line up against their offensive line. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup and then our – how our running game is going to improvise and, and, and spice up their uh, great rushing defense. So those two things, I'm, I'm excited to see both of those. Yeah. So I mean, I, I do want to say that's something I noticed and, and I I'm curious of, of y'all's take on this because something that I kind of had a gut feeling, it's one of those, you know, but you, you don't know, no kind of things. When I was watching the TCU game, we didn't run, Texas didn't run a two back look very often. It was Bijan, give him the ball. I mean, he got the ball 35 times, right? He was pounding it. Most of his yardage came after contact. We knew he was going to be a workhorse for this game, but it seems to me, and, and maybe this is a question for you guys, statistically, what does it look like success-wise 
yards, you know, before contact, when Texas is running two running backs, you touched on this earlier, Kyle, we're pretty stacked at running back, right? We've got a first, second, third string that are solid. And our fourth string Brooks again is even doing very well. Why aren't we throwing books to take some of the heat off of Bijan? Is that something that you think could help us? Or am I just reading way too much into this? Cause no, I, I, I just feel I, I like, agree. I, I think it, I think it would help us. And I think it would help him not get so banged up. Um, I'm, I'm, I know we had to have him run that much to beat TCU. That was just the way the game had to go. So I'm fine with that, but I just wish it wasn't right before the OU game because I just don't see him. I don't see him getting 35 carries against OU. He might get half that. I think Roshan's going to be taking a lot. Uh, and luckily he's great. So I, I think we're but fine. I feel but... like that'll take some of the heat off of Bijan, right? I was just going to say, like, I don't know that running Bijan 35 times versus TCU was necessarily the game plan. It's just kind of like how it worked out. And we did what we had to, to win. But real quick, I wanted to ask both of you guys, because of the way that the team's strengths and weaknesses are, both Texas and Oklahoma, do you think this is going to be a higher scoring game or a lower scoring game or a, we don't know because it's Texas OU game? Oh, well, OU Texas. I, I think, I think we don't know because it's OU <laughs> yeah. Texas or Texas OU, but yeah. I, I think thirties is like the cap for these teams. I, I just don't see like a 50, 55, 53 game. I, I, I see mid thirties for everyone. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than in recent years. Really? Um, okay. And um, you know, something that Kyle said, it was, you know, it kind of goes to that question about strengths versus weaknesses um, of this team. And, you know, you mentioned Megan, you, the yards after contact for Robinson, I think that's going to be something that, um, it might be a little hard to come by in this game because OU's defense up front is their best unit. Um, and so, you know, Kyle said, I don't want to see short passes, screen passes and stuff, but I would not be surprised if they go to some of that stuff to kind of get Robinson around those big guys up front. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that might be something they do to get him some touches where he's not just trying to, to go straight up the gut. He's not turning into Earl Campbell every damn play. Right. Yeah. I, I, and listen, you know, Greg Davis got a ton of heat for the bubble screen, right? We all got tired of that. It got predictable, but it also won us a national championship. So worked. I'm not going to be mad at screens if they work, right? They're, they're awful and boring when they don't do anything, but goodness gracious, if you throw a little bubble screen and you get 10, 15 yards out of it, I ain't going to be mad at that either. So yeah, Lincoln, I, I agree with that. And, you know, Kyle, you mentioned earlier, we haven't seen Casey throwing the long ball very much, which is definitely true. It's been cut back quite a bit, but I would also argue, especially in the TCU game, Casey didn't get a whole lot of help from his, from his wideouts, right? His receivers were getting hit in the hands, getting hit in the numbers and dropping balls that should have been very catchable. So I'm hoping that we do still take those deep shots and that Casey's worked with his receivers in this, in this week for preparation, not so much in the, we need to be on the same page because from what I was seeing, Casey was putting the ball where it needed to be. It was just the receivers that either they were being helped up and not called for pass interference, or they were just, you know, the ball hitting them and dropping it. 
I want to see more communication. I want to see better hands from our big guys. You know, Whittington had a big game. Uh, he showed up and, and he was one of the more reliable ones, but we were missing out on Worthy. Um, again, I, I think a big key to this game is going to be our guys showing up. We need to have that long ball. We need to have that pass option again, to relieve some of the stress that's going to be on Bijan, because we all know Bijan's getting the rock, right? We all know OU is going to queue in and that OU D front is going to be really, really aggressively focusing on Bijan. So we need to have that, you know, that, that relief for him. We're going to get to our game day predictions. Blinken will give you a chance to predict the OU win. Kyle will give you a chance to predict the Texas win. (laughs) We're going to predict some college, college games in a bit. But first, let's wrap this part up and move on. So we just want to let everybody know, as part of the 1012 Podcast Network, we are thrilled to be sponsored by Gridiron Metal. If you're a college fan, sports fan, you can go to gridironmetal.com and you can find really cool ironwork products for your tailgate, like grill gates, smokers, Longhorn Texas Tech A&M items for your work or your desk or your backyard. So gifts are coming up. Now's the time to order for yourself because that's what I do at Christmas time. I buy my own gifts. And if you use Canon 12, C-A-N-N-O-N-1-2, Canon 12, you will get 15% off. If you spend hundred bucks, you get free shipping. So go check that out while you're listening to the podcast. Be shopping while you listen because we're about to make some college football picks. So have one window open shopping and have one window open making some bets. And you can either put your money on what Kyle says, or you can put your money on what Blinken says. (laughs) And we will round it out with their OU Texas game day prediction. All right. Are you ready, everybody, for college football picks? I gave them ahead of time some great games this weekend, the ones we're all looking for, national games. Let's start. Stanford at Arizona State. So Stanford is three and two. They're going to number 22 Arizona State. Stanford has already beaten USC and they had the huge upset against number three, Oregon, but they lost to UCLA and then Arizona state, their best win right now might be BYU, but they did beat UCLA. So let's go around. Who do you have? We'll just pick against the spread today. Who do you have? Arizona state is favored by 13 at home. Kyle, what you got? Uh, I think Arizona will, uh, Arizona state will win. I do not think they'll win by 13 and a half. Um, so, uh, I, I think they win by touchdown. All right. Blinken. Just the way they're playing. Yeah. I think this is going to be, um, I, I see this game as just an absolute crap fest. This is going to be, this is going to be one of those games where you, you can't turn it off because you want to watch it. It's like the, the, you remember the inaugural cheese it bowl with, uh, TCU and Cal, this is going to be, it's going to be like that. It's going to be. It's going to be absolute Pac-12 after dark nonsense. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to take, have to take Arizona State at the end of the day because I, I don't like. Yeah, I, I don't like Stanford. I'll, I'll take him to cover. Yeah. All right, Megan. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to be contrarian. I am not a stats person. I'm terrible at picking games. So don't take any of what I say for anything, right? But look, I like Stanford. They 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 showed some grit last week. Um, I think they're going to be aggressive and I don't know why, but Stanford just seems to be the team that even when they're not doing great, they still pop up and have some really spectacular games. So I'm going to take Stanford in a squeaker. I think they pull it out. It's going to be a nail biter in the end that everybody's asleep for anyway, because again, we're talking pack 12 here, but yeah, man, I think uh, obviously covers and Stanford wins. I'm going to, I'm going to take the upset. 
Okay, so Arizona State wins. They don't cover. I see it being like a 10-point game. I agree. I'm a big Stanford fan. They're my favorite team in the Pac-12. This is a Friday night game, by the way, 930 for us in the central time zone. Friday night game. I would think Stanford goes in there, but I think they've they've ran out of gas beating Oregon last <laughs> week. They're going to come in and cover, but not win. All right, moving on. Four and one Arkansas. We all know about four and one Arkansas. We thought they were almost maybe sort of for real until they took a beat down 37-0 to Georgia. They weren't even in the game in the first quarter. They are going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss just lost to Bama. They got lapped by Bama 42-21. But Ole Miss is a touchdown favorite at home, ranked 17. This is a Saturday morning game. We'll start with Blinken. Who you got? I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one, and I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover. Um, I think this is going to be kind of a high-scoring game. Um, Arkansas is, I think, still a good team. I think as – one of our previous guests on our podcast uh, last weekend referred to Georgia as a death machine, uh, which I think is pretty accurate at this point. Um, but I, I'm not sure KJ Jefferson is 100. percent And so if they're if he's going to get if they're going to get in a boat race with Ole Miss, I don't think they're going to keep up. So give me Ole Miss by uh, I don't know 10 or so. Give me give me give me him. I'll, I'll I'll take him to cover six and a half. Kyle, what you got? Yeah, uh, same thing. Uh, Ole Miss uh, has this one. It's at Ole Miss. I think they show up a little better against Bama than Arkansas did against Georgia. You know, Arkansas I think looked great, stellar, lights out against Texas. Little less stellar, a little less lights out against A and M. KJ uh, got injured. He's not 100 like like uh, Blinken said. Uh, I think that'll take a toll, especially being at, at Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss rolls. Um, but yeah, like like he said, they're, they're still a great team, but I think Ole Miss is just a little better right now. Part of the season. Hannah? Yeah, I agree. I think Ole Miss wins and covers. Um, they're kind of on a hot streak. Even though they just lost to Bama, they, I mean, it's Bama. They came within 20 points of them. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, okay, so yeah, yeah, I take Ole Miss in this one and to cover. All right, Megan, what you got? Yeah, and look, as much as I love being the contrarian, and that's kind of my my gig, right? I've partied at the Grove, and and that atmosphere is crazy, and you can never trust a hog. Texas needs Arkansas to be good for the rest of this season, so for that reason alone, I'm going to say that Ole Miss takes it, right? Yeah, I I agree with what y'all are saying. Ole Miss is just on a roll. They're looking good. Bama's a world beater at this point. Nobody's in their realm. So Old Miss showed up and and put up a good fight. And again, this is at home. I think Arkansas is losing steam. So yeah, I think Old Miss takes it and I think they cover. All right. I'm going to be the contrarian. Old Miss wins, but does not cover the six. All right. Moving on. West Virginia at Baylor. So we know West Virginia lost at home to Texas Tech. Texas dropped 70 on Tech. And what did they do? Respond on the road in a hostile environment at West Virginia. And then Baylor lost to Oak State. I don't know why Baylor was ranked. They didn't have any the ugh, resumes. People don't watch the games. All right, so Baylor was ranked. They went to Oak State and lost. But now West Virginia is coming into Baylor. Two and three West Virginia, three and one Baylor. Baylor's favored by a field goal. So they have them pretty even, West Virginia, Baylor. And we'll start with Kyle. Baylor favored by three. What you got against the spread? I think, to be honest, Baylor probably will win. Uh, and I think a field goal is pretty accurate. I think this will be a, a back and forth uh, classic Big 12 matchup. You know, uh, they're both 
able to score. So I, I don't think I don't see any either team stopping the other one. Um, it'll probably be like a high 30s game. I, I think Baylor covers uh, the spread. Uh, I would put money on them. Good call, Kyle. Lincoln, what you got? So I'm actually going to go with West Virginia to win outright. Uh, I think West Virginia's defense is legit. Um, we saw that coming into Norman and holding Oklahoma to 16 points um, in a game where technically Oklahoma did not lead at any point when there was time still on the clock uh, and just barely came away with that win. Uh, Baylor, how does that happen? That's crazy. <laughs> Baylor, Baylor got some love because uh, the two weeks before they, they played Iowa state, um, two weeks before they beat Iowa State, they had scored in the, those two games 110 points. Um, so people were thinking that this offense might be legit. Um, then they come, they beat they beat Iowa State, but then they can't put up, you know, a good fight against Oklahoma State. I don't think their offense is that good. I think they played some pretty bad teams. I think we all know Iowa State's not what we thought they were. Um, so I, I, I'm going to say West Virginia's defense goes in and gets it done. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but give me West Virginia to win. Good call. Megan, where you at? I like it. Look, look. I thought I had my pick all figured out. Um, I, I got to say, I, I hear you, Blinken, and, and I appreciate what you're saying, and I think West Virginia winning wouldn't be a shock. I agree. I think both teams have kind of been pretenders at different points in the seasons. Uh, you know, I, I think that West Virginia played y'all tough. And, and again, West Virginia is another team that comes in and even when they're not world beaters, even when they're not top of the conference, they've still got a little bit of dog in that fight, right? Like they still show up, but I've got to say, I I just don't think West Virginia is that team. I think the big 12 right now is not not super, super strong. So I'm going to take Baylor, but I don't think Baylor covers. I think it's going to be again, Blink and I agree low scoring game. I don't think it's going to be an impressive game. I think it's going to be really boring, like old school Big Ten style. But I think Baylor pulls it out, but doesn't cover. We're all over the place. Hannah, what you got? Um, I'll be short and sweet. I, I don't know that the Big 12 is, quote, bad this year because we're seeing question questionable play like throughout the whole country minus Alabama and Georgia. So, I mean, I think everybody's kind of figuring out where teams really are. I say Baylor wins and it's about three points. I am going with West Virginia to outright win and come in at Baylor. I like West Virginia's defense. I really like West Virginia's defense. I know tech was able to go in and put some points on them, but I think they're mad. I'm going with, I'm rolling with West Virginia to win outright. All right, moving on. Number two, Georgia, they are five and O they're at number 18, four and one Auburn. So Georgia, after their ridiculous showing against Clemson to start the season where they scored no offensive touchdowns, they're averaging almost 50 points a game. So the offense is real. The defense is real because they've had back-to-back shutouts. So Georgia, like you said, they're the real deal, Blink. And what did, what did they call them? The death what? Death machine. There you go. The death <laughs> they're, the death, they're the death machine. Are they going to be Auburn's death machine. Auburn lost a dramatic game at Penn State, huge big game, but they're averaging also 42 points a game. So why is Georgia favored by 16 defense, right? All right, I'll start with you, Megan, this time. Does Georgia cover the 16 at Auburn? Yeah, they do. Listen, I, I think Georgia is the closest thing to Alabama that we're going to see. 
at this point in the season. So yeah, I think Georgia shows up and, and they get ugly and we're going to see some mad max shit, just like face masks getting ripped off and all kinds of ugly stuff. So yeah, I think Georgia comes in. I think they roll and I think they beat the spread. All right, Hannah, what you got? Okay. So last week, (laughs) my big mistake was, I think 18 points is a little high for the, for the Georgia Arkansas game. I ate that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia and they beat the spread. All right. What you got, Kyle? Megan said that Georgia's closest thing to Bama. I think Georgia's a lot better than Bama this year. I think they roll hard uh, at Auburn. No one scored against them in like two or so weeks. Like that, it, they're crazy right now. I, I haven't seen anything like this in, in like in person, probably not ever. This, it, they're on a roll right now. They've scored, I mean, 23 points have been scored upon them in five games. I don't know when you're going to see that. So I think Auburn doesn't score that much. I think Georgia definitely covers. All right, good. Blinken, where are you at with Georgia favored by 16 at Auburn? Uh, Georgia's the death machine. So <laughs> uh, I think um, Bo Nix is going to, if you excuse my rhyme, throw picks. Um <laughs> And I think Georgia Ooh, for the is, pun, but yay for the pun, George, my friend. That was well Georgia's, Cheers. Georgia's definitely going to cover this game. Uh, like like Kyle said, they've they've had they've allowed. We're we're about to play week six of the college football season, and Georgia has allowed one offensive touchdown this season. That is absolutely insane. Um, give me Georgia to cover. I, if this if this was twenty, I'd I'd take them to cover. Nice. I'll throw one out for you real quick, Lincoln, since we have you. They still have Kirby Smart, right? <laughs> are they are they gonna lay the the old Kirby Smart egg at the big at their SEC championship game? They will be there with with Alabama. Are they gonna lay the old egg that they lay? Oh yeah, I think at the end of the day, Georgia's gonna Georgia. The, I mean <laughs> they're, they're gonna like... <laughs> <laughs> I made Blinken laugh. We did. We we got Blinken laughing here, y'all. Props to Rocky. I like it. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna old school. They're gonna they're gonna Clemson. Nice. All right. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna ask real quick, guys. Um, do we see another two SEC teams in the college football playoff this year? Most definitely. You think so? It's yeah. Alabama, Georgia. Okay. Yep. Especially with uh, the the collapse of Clemson and. God knows who's going to win the ACC and don't even get started on the Pac-12. Uh, it's going to be a gimme. It's going to be a big 12, a big 10 and two SECs. And poor Cincinnati is going to be sitting undefeated at five. Right on. We talked about this in our podcast this week. The ACC is the a mess, right? They have, there's nothing, no contender out of there. Pac-12, they're all beating each other, eating each other alive right now. They're a mess because there've been so many ranked teams already this season in the Big 12, solid contender. Big 10, deep, right? They have four or five, six ranked teams at a time. Good call. That would definitely probably be two SEC, a Big 10 and, a, and the Big 12 champion. But Notre Dame won't be there. <laughs> No, no Notre Dame, probably. No Notre Cincinnati. Dame. The rest of Cincinnati's impressive, but the rest of their schedule is trash. So they don't have anything impressive when it actually comes to decision making time. All right, here we go. Penn State, number four in the country, number three, Iowa. 
and game day doesn't give a shit. They're coming to Texas. <laughs> Penn State. They Forget your top five matchup, y'all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Salty. Penn State, <laughs> Penn State has respectable wins at Wisconsin. They did beat Auburn and they shut out Indiana. Iowa wins at Iowa State, which turned out to be whatever, but they did put a whooping on Maryland 51-14, but their big wins are Kent and Colorado State. Iowa, really? That's your resume? Who do you have? Penn State at Iowa. Iowa's favored by two. I'll start with Kyle. I think this is going to be one of those classic Big Ten games where it's like, it's raining. It's probably going to rain. Uh, it's going to be seven to three at halftime. I will lose interest in it. That's probably why game day is not going to be there. Uh, they'd rather go to a shootout. But I think Penn State will come away with the win at, uh, at, at the end of this. I think they're, they're just the better team playing better right now. Iowa looked a little shaky a couple weeks ago. Penn State's been pretty consistent, so I'm going to uh, say Penn State. All right, Hannah, what you got? Well, I mean, technically we um, gave our <laughs> our takes yesterday. The question is, do you remember? I do, I think. <laughs> that is a good question, though. Um, I, I think, so what I said was um, I haven't seen just a whole lot of either team other than just, you know, the highlight reel on you know the, the news cast and stuff. Um, I still take Iowa state and it's, or I'm sorry, not Iowa state, my bad, Iowa and probably about what the spread is just because they're at home, because I haven't seen enough from either team to be totally convinced that one is better than the other. So, um, yeah, that's fair. And Megan, you still sticking with Iowa? I'm sticking with Iowa. Look, (laughs) it's, it's Iowa at Iowa, all those little kids watching from the hospital. Fuck y'all. It's going to be Iowa. That's, that's where we're at. That's what I got. <laughs> Lincoln, what you got? So I want to take Penn state outright uh, win in this one. Um, these are by far the two best defenses in the big 10. Um, the issue is we've seen Penn state move the ball. We have not seen Iowa move the ball very well at all. Um, I think that's going to be the difference. I think it's gonna be a low scoring game, uh, but give me Penn state. Um, to win this one outright. And to be fair, if somebody gave you the choice to go to Dallas for the weekend or Iowa City, what would you pick? We would ask you the same thing, friend from Oklahoma. <laughs> if somebody yeah. asked me to go to live in Norman for four years or Austin for four years. Listen, we- I moved, you, you forget, I moved to Norman and I had I had officially moved to the big city. <laughs> That's fair. So that's that's an This is this Look, is all about perspective. Everything relative. Absolutely. We've got to give you the shot, man. We got to give you the oh, shot. We got to give it. Yes, exactly. To be fair, and, I personally would rather live in Norman than probably Waco or College Station. I would choose Norman over College Station anytime. Yeah. Listen, I, I I have always said I wouldn't say this publicly. I guess I'm kind of saying it publicly by saying it now. Very publicly. Northern Oklahoma is beautiful. It's really nice. As a Texas person, as oh, a Southern Texan, Central, hurts don't my soul tell anyone, to say but it. Arkansas is beautiful. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to talk about it. And I didn't say the word Arkansas. I'm just saying hey, that area of the country is. is hey, beautiful. they call it Northeast is. Oklahoma was called green country for a reason. It absolutely. is absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous. If you haven't been through it, you haven't been there. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. You need to go. Stop it's talking, Megan. Stop talking. <laughs> and my mic. All right. So I'm going to flip the script. A couple days ago on the podcast, I was like, Iowa. But then the more research I did, 
I'm going with Penn State to win outright. See, Blinken, the only reason Iowa won outright at Maryland was a ridiculous, insane, record-breaking number of turnovers, which doesn't happen all the time. Their wins are Kent and Colorado State, like I said. Penn State outright whoops them at, whoops them at home. Moving on, Iowa's going to drop out of the playoff contention. Here we go. Alabama at a and If it wasn't for... Texas OU being so fabulous, they might have had game day if they didn't drop it to Mississippi State at home. They could have had game day. Alabama, we know, is 5-0. and A&M is 3-2, and 0-2 in conference. Alabama, even though people are kind of down on them for giving up 18 points a game, last year they gave up 26 points a game through the first five games. This is what they're giving up the second five games because we know last year they only played 10 games. Seven points a game so Alabama's going to flip that switch after they get it working and they're going to shut from 18 points a game to seven points a game welcome sixth game of the year A&M they're going to A&M they're favored by 17 and a half it opened at 14 so they're already giving them another field goal based on Aggie's performance I'm going to start with you Blinken Alabama favored by 17 and a half at A&M do they cover uh, give me Alabama to cover. This is Texas A&M can't score to save their life. I mean, they've squeaked by. They they scored ten points on Colorado. Um, they they just since their quarterback. I mean, even before their quarterback went down, but especially after their quarterback went down, they can't move the ball. Um, so Nick Saban moves to twenty five and zero against former assistants and uh, covers. Hannah, does Alabama cover at A&M? Oh, yeah. They win by three touchdowns. Nice. I will be surprised if A&M gets on the board, to be honest. And if they do, it will probably be like a field goal. So you're um, saying like 50 to three? <laughs> some, yes. 77 to nothing. Give me all Please that all gonna be day. Mad about that one. <laughs> Megan, what you got? Listen, I, I think A&M going to show up for a quarter. I think they ride that wave of emotion for a quarter. And then, yeah, man, I, A&M, even with King as the quarterback, Blinken, just like you were saying, even with King as the quarterback, he wasn't the second coming. He wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't getting it done. And and now they've got the guy that's number two, right? And, and I'm not knocking the kid. He's a kid, but he wasn't ready for this. This wasn't his year. So, yeah, I think Saban, or excuse me, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't see A&M showing up for this game much past the first quarter. So I think Alabama rolls. I'm going to go with Vegas and I'm going to move that line even farther. Hannah, I think you're spot on. I think this turns into just a bloodbath and Saban is toying with him. So yeah, I've, I've got Alabama by a long shot. They cover plus a lot. All right. They're going to love it on the tech sags boards. Kyle, like Kyle, fire up those tweets. Who you, who you got? Okay, the last time that Jimbo Fisher didn't score in a half in the first half was the beatdown that 2019 LSU gave him, 50 to seven. This is going to be kind of similar to this. They're not going to score in the first half. They will score in garbage time when when Alabama has their their third string five stars out. Um, so th- they'll they'll get points on the board. But it'll be it won't count. It'll be garbage. Um, they, they will not score in the first half calling it. So Bama by whatever you want to whatever the spread is, it's it's Bama. Whatever it, it is. Yeah. 
All right, I'm with all of you. Aggies are going to take the beat down of the year. They thought they were going to be a top 10 team with college game day at, at College Station. Ain't happening. Bama by 25. Like you said, set the number. Yes, they'll cover. All right, last game. And we're going to bring you back to, because we have Blinken, Riley, and Kyle Umling. We're going to bring you back to the huge Texas OU rivalry. We'll start with Blinken because you're our guest from across the river. Tell us, what are you looking for in the game? What are you excited about? And then when you're ready, give us your prediction. I'll tell you, you know, Oklahoma's favored by three. So I mentioned earlier, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than we've seen in the past. Um, I think especially from the offense, offensive side of the ball. Um, I think there's going to be a couple of plays. Um, there's going to be something that happens, either a kick return for a touchdown or a pick six or there's going to be something late in the second half or early in the or, or late in the first half early in the second half something like that that's going to put some more points on the board um i'm definitely looking forward to how oklahoma's going to handle um Bijan robinson i think that's a tall order um if he gets into that second level we're in trouble um if Texas can figure out how to get around our big guys up front. We're in trouble. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I think that the mobility of Casey Thompson is kind of a, a hindrance for us because we'll probably have Nick Benito spy Thompson throughout the game. So that takes one more star player out of, you know, Bijan Robinson's way. So I think this is going to be a, Lower scoring game, but both sides are going to score some points. Um, give me, I, I mean, I think it's going to be about three. I think it's going to be a push, I guess. Uh, I'll say higher end. I'm going to say Oklahoma wins 31-28. Quick question while we have you. What is the thought in Soonerland on Sarkeesian? Is he a flop or is he, are you guys sweating a little bit? Uh, we have more respect for Sarkeesian than we ever had for Tom Herman. We knew, we knew Tom Herman was a clown on day one. Funny story. So and, do we. <laughs> and so um, I will, I will say that I think, I think Sarkeesian is the best coach that you, that Texas has hired since Mac Brown. Um, and if anybody is going, cause that's the thing is the, the reason Texas hasn't, you know, been able to do anything over the last decade is because they can't score points. 80% of Tom Herman's losses were like one score games. It's, it's something stupid. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if you're putting up just, uh, I mean, maybe a touchdown or, or so more per game, you're going to win a whole lot more of those. I remember I was really pushing for Tom Herman extension after last season. Um, that didn't, that fell through, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I, but in all seriousness, uh, I think Steve Sarkeesian is, um, we'll see how he does as a head coach. He's always been great as a assistant, as a play caller, as, you know, on the sidelines, getting to do, you know, getting to, to, to put his vision into practice. We'll see how he is as a leader and as a, you know, how he manages a team. But I will say that, uh, there's a, I think there's a little more respect for Sarkeesian than there ever was for Tom Herman, even on day one. 
we had those crazy fans that were coming in and Tom Herman all of a sudden was the great white savior. Listen, he didn't have the resume. Texas was grasping. We had to get rid of Charlie Strong, which which hurts because I liked him as a dude. Maybe not as a coach, but as a dude, he was great. But yeah, listen, there were a lot of Texas fans that were way off base on that. All right, Kyle, tell us what you're looking for, what you're excited about, what you love about the game, and give us your predictions. But the last seven games have been by score. This one will be no different. It's going to be, I mean, I, I would love for Sark to put up 50 points. Would love it. It's probably not going to happen. It's his first game against this giant rivalry. We'll be lucky to get out, to get out with, a, with a clean win um, or barring some weird fiasco happening. Uh, like Tom Herman style where we, we go for it on first and goal and we fumble it for the loss. Like I only Tom Herman can pull that off. Uh, I don't think Sark will lose in that way. Um, I think we have a decent shot this year, way better than the last few years. Um, but I'm going to be conservative with my, with, I'm, we're not, I'm not, we're not going to win by a bunch. Three points is good. It's fair. Uh, when Texas scores 30 points, I think we're 15 and two. Uh, in the last, since 2000. So it'll be 39 ish, 36 ish. Fair enough. Uh, I think, I think we can both hit 30. So anywhere in the thirties I'm cool with. So yeah, I, I, I think we pulled off by field goal. Hannah, where are you at for Texas OU? What's your prediction? Oh God, I hate making this prediction. Cause I feel like I'm just, you know, signing a step to lose. I'm just a little stitious, <laughs> but not really superstitious. Um, Okay, I I tell you what, I have a feeling going into this game that's very similar to how I felt in 2018. So we went down to Maryland first game of the year and then just kind of started picking up momentum, although our loss to Arkansas was much worse. And the second game of the year, the shift and the feeling, just kind of the momentum thing going into this feels similar so I have got a good feeling about it overall. That said, this game can go either way. Charlie Strong beat Oklahoma, if that tells you anything. So um, I say it's uh, a touchdown or less, and I'm going to, of course, be the homer and go Texas. I'll say somewhere in like the 35 to 30, 35, 31, 35, 28. I think it's the, the highest score will be 35 or less. All right. Megan, Texas, OU. All right. So I have to say, I think anytime that Vegas kind of throws their hands up and goes, we don't fucking know what's happening. Three points? Does that sound good to anybody? Three points? Fuck it. That sounds good. It means it's anybody's game, right? So I'm going to go ahead and and be the homer and be excited. I I think Vegas kind of is close to where it's at. I think it's a three-point score. I think it's 41-38 Texas. I'm going to go higher because I, I see something happening here where there is a freak play, be it a blocked, you know, blocked field goal for a return. Special teams are going to show up big. And I think those weird, again, turnover battle is going to be huge. But I think those weird plays show up in this game. And I think special teams are going to be the one that really make it happen. And while Dicker the Kicker gets all kinds of hate right now from everyone around the world, Listen, he shows up in these big games and he's got his holder now. He's got the guy that he's comfortable with. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say it's 41, 38, 
Texas. That's my that point. Megan is a sacred score in these parts. Wow. She's ooh, ooh, okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'll wrap this up. So we know we throw all the records out, throw the standings out, throw the rankings out. When it's Texas OU, it does not matter. At the same time, I'm still going to go with Vegas's over under at 63. And I'm going to say 33-30 Texas only because I trust, I trust OU's D-line. I do not trust Texas O-line, but I just as much trust Texas's D-line over OU's O-line there I would say that's a wash quarterbacks I like you said earlier Spencer Rattler is a baller he is talented he's elite however Casey Thompson moves art inspires our team I don't see this year Rattler inspiring his team the way Casey Thompson is inspiring his team you add the drama of his first start against his father's alma mater I just put it all together it's it's lightning in a bottle they're going to survive and it's going to be a Cameron Dicker kick 33 30 Texas wins. There we go. That's what I'm saying for no reason other than I wish it were to come true. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. We're going to get sassy with this blinking man. We are so grateful for you being on this podcast. We know that your time is valuable. We really appreciate you coming into this just burnt orange lion's den and just mixing it up with us. So to close it out, we're going to end it on a light note. What I want to hear is y'all's best Texas and or Oklahoma joke. So bring it. Blinken, give me what you got. What's your best Texas joke? So like joke, not like a stat, right? Bring stats into it. A stat can be a joke. joke. That's fine. What, you want like a knock-knock joke? What is this? Listen, (laughs) I want break my heart as a Texas fan or just make me laugh, man. You're good at that. Let's do this. So, okay, here's, here's here's a funny stat. How about that? Nobody on Texas's team, their coaching staff, their athletic director, or the president of the university, none of them have seen Texas have a winning record in the Red River, Red River shootout in their lifetime. You guys, you guys aren't laughing. All right, you're bringing the heat. You're bringing the heat. I like it. I like it. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's hilarious. You cut me deep. You cut me deep, Blink. You cut me deep. All right. Kyle. Oh, so are we picking the years that we want to pick stats? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> are we cherry picking, as the Aggies say? <laughs> are we cherry picking the years that we want to count? If, if cherry picking is the last 60, then sure. We're yeah, cherry right. picking. Go <laughs> those goalposts are moving. I'm going to go with the last are five. <laughs> are they, though? All right, Kyle. Fair Listen, erase, erase that heartbreak from Blinken. Okay, Give me your well, best OU no, joke. Okay. Uh, I always like to say this just going into all these things with, with, with Blinken that as we stand, like currently, like he's working with a full encyclopedia right now with his stats and his, 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 uh, his little quips. And like, I, my, like mine, like I was like my, like the Amazon truck, like missed the delivery of the, of the encyclopedia to my house. I'm following it, trying to like honk at it. And like, I, I, I nudge him and like the Z and the V volumes come out and I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll work with these. That, that's kind of, this is kind of how I'll preface this, but I will do this one because I love how much Sam Ellinger bugs Sooners. And this stat is just, it's obviously, uh, it leads to all sorts of engagement. And I, I, I post it every, every like five months and it, it always goes big with, with, the, with the Sooners. So Sam Ellinger has more bowl wins than the last seven quarterbacks to start for Oklahoma combined. 
So I like I like doing that one. I love love me some Sam Kyle. and I love how much Oklahoma hates him. You mean as like more than their two Heisman winners? Is that what you're saying? All, all Sam Ellinger did was raise money for charities and stay out of trouble. You guys, we literally have gifts of your quarterbacks running from the cops. I don't understand what the hate is for Sam Ellinger when all he did was be a good dude. He, so that's fair. that's fair. All right, Rocky, bring it with your best Oklahoma joke. Where you got? All right, this is. I'm going to say it now. It's not politically correct, but neither is OU. <laughs> Get your mute button ready. Do? Yeah. What do you do with your Oklahoma degree? You park really close. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. I like it. All right. I I literally, y'all, I like this is where the podcast should be. Should be a video because the faces on everybody right now is fantastic. Megan literally almost spewed right her drink. Yeah, because we would expect that from Rocky. Right. I like it. It's All right. So Hannah, not me. Lay it on me. What, what's your best Oklahoma oh joke? God. Mine's really lame, That's but fine. it makes Bring me it. laugh every time. You can't spell a uh, douchebag without an OU. And then the other one is, of course, you can't spell cocksucker without OU. And I'm going to close it out with a really simple, simple Oklahoma joke. Right. OU is an accredited university. That's it. That's the joke, y'all. All right, y'all. So, awesome. hey, listen. We had a fantastic time. Listeners, we hope you did too. Kyle, Blinken, man, we love y'all. Thank you for being here. Blink, we're going to fight for just a few more days, and then we're back to being the SEC besties, right? So as as I can say, I hope you enjoy the game, but not the results. So (laughs) thank you again for joining us. You are amazing, Blinken. I hope more tech. You are fun. You and follow you as if you need more followers. I That's hope they true. follow That's you true. and support you. Listen. Kyle, the OG on our podcast. Thank you for being here again. And we'll have you over and over. Anytime, over. guys. Anytime. For those Texas fans that aren't following Blinken, again, that's Blinken Riley on Twitter. He's incredible. Follow him up. You might get a little mad, but you're also going to laugh. But if you really want the heat for statistics and you want to listen to a really crazy podcast where you're going to nerd out but still have a good time, look up Statistically Speaking on Twitter. They bring it every time. Y'all, you need to listen to our boys because they are insane with the numbers, but they also bring the comedy. They also bring the emotion to it. It is a great time to have. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this crazy episode of the Red River Shootout. Blink again, Brunk and Riley, we appreciate having you. Kyle, you're our guy. Thanks for always being here. So for this episode, our special rivalry episode i'm megan i'm hannah i'm kyle i'm blinken i'm rocky and we are fire the cannon (laughs) 